And and I, I wholeheartedly believe because they were aware of how to handle adversity. Like they, they, they were, was, that's all it was. That's all it was, how to be a great teammate. And uh, so we have, we have a curriculum now that we just go through and uh, we're committed to it. We're committed to, we'll have team meetings longer than we'll practice sometimes. Sure. We'll, we'll come late out to practice because we, we were crying in the meeting room or kids were sharing vulnerable stuff in the meeting room or uh, we were watching a, a video that, that related to what we were, you know, what, what we needed that day. Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking a job at Nick. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges, over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Caps. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. All right, welcome to the show today. Today's guest is one Garen Stokes, who, you know, I run across uh, by listening to the learning leader. Um, he's a head football coach at Kaufman High School in uh, right outside of Columbus, Ohio. He was also the head coach at Minster High School for eight years, where he won two state championships, played for another state championship. Um, and he's considerably younger than me, you know, so I don't know how much that's saying. But, you know, he went he did go from a smaller school to a bigger school and has been quite successful where he's been. And, you know, the podcast that he did with uh, Ryan Hawk was absolutely amazing. So, you know, I just want to welcome Garen to the show and I'm looking forward to, you know, you making me better and the folks that listen to this better um, today. I appreciate it, coach. I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's start with, um, let's start with, you know, what did you learn? What, what did you learn from high school sports? You know, like I know you played high school football. I know your high school football coach was influential in your life. You know, like what traits, what skills did you learn from playing football that, you know, are helping you right now in what you're doing? So much, right? So much. And that's why I'm so adamant about using the platform of football uh, to teach. I, I think I learned everything that I know. I, I mean, I'm talking everything that I know. If you go back to my high school years, this is no disrespect to the English teacher or the uh, – I, every other class I had in high school, I think I could have taken all that away and still gotten the experience that I got or the, the values, the, the behaviors, the everything that I, I got from football. So, uh, and I, I know that's not the case for everybody. So I'm not saying that's, sure. that's do that. I'm saying that's for me. Uh, everything that I took away, the, the hard work, the uh, uh, ability to sacrifice, um, the ability to uh, like really, really get through hard things, the ability uh, to be a teammate and not a friend, uh, the, bil- the ability to uh, show up when you don't want to show up, uh, to have a great attitude when you, sh- you don't want to have a great attitude because people are counting on you. Uh, discipline. I mean, you go, you go right on down, down, down the list. Everything that I, I need in my life today 
I got from high school football. So um, that's why I'm so adamant about teaching it because um, I know there's kids out there like like I was when I was a high school that 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 are in desperate need of uh, the stuff that the game of football teaches. Sure, and I you know I've probably made a few math teachers you know upset on here because I've often said you know like x plus y equals z it really didn't affect my life a whole lot but you know the things that I've learned like e plus r equals o you know that we teach our kids on a daily basis has changed my life you know like the life skills that you learn and I don't think it's just being a part of a football team, I think being a part of a group in general, you know, I mean, the, the folks that sometimes struggle the most are the ones in a high school that aren't attached to anything, you know? So whether it be a, you know, a theater program, a musical program, like we were, we were intended to be in community with folks, you know, like that's what we were intended to do. And, you know, I think that is one of the greatest things about football. And you may have seen the Ted talk Angus Reed did on why I need high school football. Why is high school football needed? And, you know, what is so fabulous about that is football is a sport that anybody can play, you know, like we got 92 on our team right now. And look, if you'll come do the workouts and you'll show up every day and you'll commit to being a part of a team, you can play football, you know, like, and by the time you're a senior, we'll find something for you to do. You know, like Angus says, there's, 88 starting positions when you think about all the special teams and all that and you know other sports aren't like that right you're gonna get cut in baseball you're gonna get cut in basketball you're gonna get cut you know and everything else in the world but you know football is not that sport all right take me through you know you graduate high school you go play um college football give me give me that experience (laughs) so I wasn't I wasn't that good of a player so sure uh, I ended up staying in our, our it's not even a, a school anymore. It closes doors or Bain University uh, had I, I started there for two years, uh, transferred to Wittenberg. Uh, it's a small D3 program. And then I ended up coaching high school football uh, right right out of the gate. So um, not not a very good player. Um, I had some really, really bad coaches, really bad coaches uh, in, a, in, in some in a really bad and really bad culture uh, that was great for me. Uh, super, super. Um, I, I knew, I knew when I left, uh, I said like, you know, like I'm grateful for my high school experience. Cause I, like, I, I saw how to do it right versus how to do it like laissez-faire and just low standards and, uh, acceptance. So try, they were trying, one, one group was trying to win games, uh, with talent and just allowing the talent to just run rampant. Uh, with any type of bad behavior you can imagine. So uh, I'm super grateful for that, though. I, I, I'm glad I didn't play in like a real high uh, structured culture uh, because I got that in high school. So I'd already sure. seen that. Uh, and then I got to see like what really bad looks like. Uh, well, so. And and everything's training for something, right? I mean, you're either learning how to or you're learning how to not do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's all great. And a positive note for you is, there aren't very many great football coaches that were great players. If you think about it, like there are, name a hall of fame coach that was a hall of fame player. Like normally that's not the case because I don't know really, but my thought is if you're super talented and you know, you've had this big career, sometimes you're going to have issues relating to the people like me or the people like you. Like I was a division two, you know, college football player that had to fight and scratch and, claw for everything I ever had because every time I turned around 
you know, them dang coaches was trying to pull in a six foot four guy to replace the five foot 10 guy. And, you know, like, but learning through that made me who I am today, you know, like I'm not fixing to quit on, you know, something uh, for sure. Okay. So you get out of college, you have that experience and you jump into, I know you get the, the minster job at a pretty young age. You know, how old were you when you took the minster head coaching job and, you know, how, how did you prepare yourself for that? You know, because it ended up, I don't know at what point in time in that um, eight years you won those state championships, but I know it was at a young age and, you know, how was you prepared to do that? And, and was that a little bit of, you know, were you a little bit intimidated by that, you know, jumping in so early? So before, before the minster job, I got my high school alma mater job. I got the Urbana high school job at age 23. Wow. Uh, so I'd been an assistant for like two, three, two or three years, I think. Uh, I never called an offensive play. I coached the, I coached a fre- I, the freshman on Thursday night was the only offensive play calls I'd ever made. I uh, never called a defense, never called a special team situation. Um, and I was planning on going with the, my high school head coach who took his job, took a job at his, at his home school. Uh, and my grandpa who had been the AD there for like 20 years, uh, he had retired at this time and he goes, Hey, you need to apply just to get yourself uh, some interview experience. I'm like, okay. Uh, I had no intentions of being the head football coach, but then like the committee got rigged with like my cousin, my, my, <laughs> my uh, uh, best man's father in my wedding. Like, like it was like my, my it, was, it was like, it was wild. And they like, Hey, we're going to give him the job because we want to keep things consistent. And we're going to help him grow. And they offered me the job at, and I'll never forget. I went, uh Oh, like now what? And uh, I was there for four years. Okay. I had no clue what I was doing. I, I, I mean, had, had no clue what I was doing, but I, I, we, we were terrible my first year and we were a mess. Uh, the, the organization of the program was terrible. I had no idea what I was doing schematically. Um, and again, it, it was really the best thing for me. Like we, we went five and five my first year, but in our league, which was putrid, it was really like going 0 and 10. And our program the year before was like nine and one. Um, and we had a, we had a decent team coming back and, Sure. We were just really poorly coached, uh, really poorly organized. And it was my fault. And I, I knew, I knew at, at that point, like, I didn't like feeling that way because I knew that, like, if you watch Remember the Titans, attitude reflects leadership, Captain. And I knew that was a direct reflection of me. And that stung. That stung. So, like, I, I just – I said I went to, I went to work. Like, I went, I, the only thing I really know how to do is that, is, like, go to work and try to fix things. Um, and from that point on, it has been just how can I be better? How can well, I, let me ask I, you this? And that this is, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me. Okay, you take that four-year span where you have enough about you, you know, maybe at that time to be aware enough that, you know, like I don't know everything that I'm supposed to be doing, you know, like what did you do, you know, to get better? Like what was, you know, some of the things that you attacked to figure it out, you know, like what, what were, what did you do? You know, during that, I probably for about the, the, the first 10 years of coaching, I, I would drive to any and every clinic, any and every clinic. I would, I would be gone every weekend. I didn't have, I didn't have kids at the time. And I, I, I just told them I'm, I'm gone every weekend. I'm gone every weekend. And I would reach out to as many people as possible. And I, I remember I, I'd go by myself because Nobody would really go want to go with me. I didn't have assistant coaches that wanted to do that. And they're like, every weekend, I'm like, every weekend, man, I'm not going to suck anymore. Like that, 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 that stung. 
And then it, like we would reflect and we'd have tough conversations and we'd say, you know, like, this isn't very good. This has to get better. And I, I got to do a better job of this and tell you guys, tell me what I need to be doing better. And, and at, at the, at the time, like we didn't really know. So we had to go learn and study other people to like see a better version of what yeah. it's supposed to look like. Cause we didn't know what it was look like. We, we were super incompetent. So um, I remember just, we'd, we'd go to the clinic and say, wow, like, that's really simple. Why didn't we think of that? And it, we just did that over and over and over again for, I mean, for 10 years, we'd, we'd drive every weekend, anything sure. in like a six hour radius we would go to. And um, that was huge for me. That was huge. Cause you don't, I was a flat earther, man. Like I didn't know the earth sure. was round. Like no, I didn't know no. what was out there. And I was just out there doing what I knew. And um, then you start seeing the rest of the world, like what they do. And you're like, Oh, wow. There's, there's some really, really good people out here. And I'm, I'm an idiot. Like, Amen. Amen. Yeah. I was 20. I don't know how old I was, but I had taken my head coach that I graduated uh, high school with, hired me as an O-line coach when I first got out of school, which I was lucky. It was a big school in Mississippi. And we're probably four years in before I even know what the word coaching clinic means. Like he never told us and he, he would go, and he would come back, and I guess he just assumed nobody else wanted to go. But then I remember one day hearing about one, and I'm like, hey, coach, man, what's that about? Like, do you think I can go? He's like, sure. So I start, And I went to my first clinic, and I was just like, wow. You know, like, there is a whole new world out there. And I think, and I know this for a fact, there's way too many people that let their ego keep them from learning football. You know, like. I will to this day, you know, this off season, I drove from Nixon, Missouri to Mountain Brook, Alabama, you know, which is about a 10 hour drive just to talk ball with, you know, the greatest, I think one of the greatest head football coaches in the United States of America, you know, and I'm not scared to learn because, you know, I think there's way too many people that are, and that's, you know, that is awesome. And I heard this story one time, I don't know if you've heard this, but Bill Parcells spoke at the Alabama clinic several years ago. And he talked about the, when he was a, like a young linebacker coach at Texas tech, they're going through spring ball and the winningest coach in the state of Texas ever, you know, at this time he's, you know, 65 years old. Well, Bill Parcells didn't know who he was. This old man would show up for six o'clock AM practice, watch practice, turn around and leave, go home. He'd show up the next day at 6 a.m. And he just, he kept noticing this old man watching practice. And finally he went over and introduced himself. And it was the winningest high school coach in the history of the state of Texas. He was already 60 plus years old and he was driving two and a half hours one way to watch practice because he heard they had this new linebacker coach, Bill Parcells, that was doing some interesting things. And I thought, you know, like, Dude, that's what it's about. You know, like you don't just fall into the winningest coach in the history of Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you don't rest on your laurels, you know, and um, stop right there. Okay. From your, you know, from your, your high school job, you know, that you got spent four years, you know, then you go to Minster from there, you know, like by this time you had learned a little football, right. And you were ready to, you know, you were ready to conquer it. How was that experience, you know, and then, you know, leading to, I know, winning a couple of state championships. And it doesn't matter to me what level of football it is. That's hard to do. And there's lots of great coaches 
that have never won one. And that's not a knock, but it is, it is something that's really hard to do. What about the Minster experience? Yeah, it was great. Cause I, I thought like, man, like I could stay at my, my, in my hometown and coach here for 30 years and probably not be as good as I need to be. Sure. Uh, the challenge uh, could have, I could have got stale. I was, I was, I was fearful of that. So I took the Minster job, which in Ohio, it's, it's in the Mac. It's, it's this powerful conference. Uh, like when I, when I was there, we had three state championships come out of the Mac, uh, I think two or three years in a row. Right. So, uh, a lot of powerhouse, small school powerhouse football and the Minster job had opened up and I thought like, okay, th- this is a, this would be a great challenge. We'll go get to play Marion local. We'll go get to play cold water and these state powers and we'll see if we can bang with them. And worst case scenario, we'll get better. Uh, and I took that job uh, in an unbelievable community, unbelievable place, uh, uh, full of high character people. And uh, it was the best. It was the best experience uh, eight years of my life, man. It was uh, unbelievable coaching staff, not not great football people originally, but hungry, humble people that wanted to learn and get better. Uh, sacrifice a lot to, to do what we needed to do. Uh, unbelievable kids. I, I had to, I had to, what I really had to, I, I had to learn football more at Minster than, than I did at Urbana because the coaching that I was coaching against was so good. Right. Like I remember we, we went up there and it was like, we saw Marion local for the first time. And we're like, Holy cow, we need answers for this, 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 and this. We've never had to have answers for that. Um, all right, we need to adjust this, this, and this, and this, because if you, if you show it on tape one week, it's, it's going to get cut off the next four or five until you actually show that you've grown in that area of football. So um, sure. it, it was incredible. It was incredible. And then, then it was year two when we won the state title, the, fir- the first one, and we kind of stole it. Uh, we had no really talk of state championships and we were seven and three in the regular season. And like, we were just okay. And, uh, ended up getting hot and and making a run and upsetting some people and and ended up really upsetting the, the state uh, the state runner up and um, and from that point on belief and buy in went off the charts like it it, it was so crazy we we stole our first round playoff game we got our butt kicked by one of my best friends he kicked our butt for four quarters and we ended up stealing the game and like double overtime we would have went we would have went seven and four that year. We went seven four, and people would have questioned everything that we did. Uh, they probably, I probably would have got fired the next year. And uh, the kid ends up slipping. We get make a playoff run, go win the state championship, and the 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 flywheel effect, like the wheel just the wheel just flipped. Then and now all of a sudden, everyone wanted to squat a little bit harder. Everyone wanted to show up a little bit more. Everybody wanted to do it. Like everybody, oh man, this guy knows what he's doing. Uh, we we believe in what what we're what we're doing here now. Uh, and it really didn't change. Nothing changed other than a kid slipped, uh, sure. Sure. which it matters. Like it matters. I, I would have went from being a bad coach to a good coach. If the kid would have just, or the uh, good coach to a bad coach, if the kid would have just kept his feet alive. Sure. So uh, th- th- that stuff mattered. Like um, it, it was just a good experience for me as far as uh, learning, learning the game of football, having to, having to grind every week. Like our, our schedule was tough. And as I want our schedule to be tough now at Kaufman every week, because I appreciate that weekly, uh, no, no, no gimmies. Like we, we, had, we had, a, we had a state championship contender almost every week on our schedule in the Mac. And, um, it was so good for us. Sure. Well, and the, and the 
flywheel effect is real. You know, when, when you have a little bit of success and, and, you know, and we'll get into this with the next job move you made, but, you know, it is my belief and I have taken uh, two, three, three different programs, I guess, that were not doing very well at the time. And, you know, it's a different philosophy than some, I'm sure. But my number one thing that I think has to happen is I think you have to win. You know, like I think you have to win to get everybody on board. Like you can do everything right. You can have, you know, it, you can have as great a culture as you want. But if you go two and eight, they're not all going to get in, you know? So like year one, my objective has always been, man, win, win as many as you. And I know that's every year, but I'm saying like, I'm not fixing to go in there and set a bunch of rules. I'm not fixing to go in there and back myself into a corner. Like I know to get that Joker spinning, you have to win. And then when you do, man, life, I mean, it is, life is easier because the Jokers do show up. You know, I remember taking a question here in Nixa you know, before the summer started, what are you going to do when they don't come to summer workouts? And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, like what, I don't understand the question, you know, like, what are you going to do when they don't come? I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't know. Like, I just expect them to come. I expect them to be here. And it wasn't an issue. Like, you know, if, if a kid didn't come, we went to his house and picked him up and brought him and like, look, man, this is not optional. You know, now if they were really good. They got picked up. You know, if they weren't really good, they probably didn't get picked up. But the importance, you know, like if you expect something, normally they're going to do it, you know, like, um, you know, and I don't know. I, th- I think winning is important in getting that, you know, getting that flywheel started. OK, what what's behind, you know, making the move from Minster to Kaufman? You know, I mean, eight years. I think you were at Minster eight years. Is that right? Yeah. Eight, I, I, this is what I say. A coach is like a mayor, okay? So, like, you should get a four-year term, and if everybody likes what you did, you should get four more, okay? But at the end of eight, you should get out. Like, you should go somewhere else because you are going to make people mad from time to time. And, you know, at Pearl, we won a state championship in year eight, and I went for four more years. And to be honest with you, I probably should have left. You know, for me, for my family, for me to grow, for me to stretch myself, like – you know, life had become complacent and comfortable. Um, so you really got that part right. Eight years and you got out like a mayor. Um, so then you go to Kaufman, like what was behind the move, the thought process, you know, and is is Kaufman a bigger school than Minster? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, I was fearful. I was fearful at, at, at Minster. Like it, it's a very small town that like people could just come back to and settle. And there's no, there's no issues with that. I, people, they live a really sure. good life. I was just fearful of that. And I, I wanted, okay, like, let's go see if we can cha- get challenged. And if, if we go someplace else to get fired, like we could always, we could always land on our feet at a place like this again. Sure. Uh, so uh, our culture was so right. I felt, I felt so good about the culture of our football program at Minster. Everybody showed up all year round everybody worked like crazy and we weren't perfect, but we were close. We were close, man. And uh, I, I just felt like it was time. It was time. They had, they had good teams coming and I, I, we felt good leaving it. Uh, and then I had two, I, I had a daughter that I, I needed to be close to. And I was driving an hour every single day or two hours every single day uh, there and back for eight years. And I thought I need to be at a place closer to home or a place that we can move to right. uh, in, in this case. 
and 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 Kaufman's a, a huge school. So uh, here we go. Let's see if let's see if our stuff or we can figure out what what's necessary to to win or uh, reach kids at, at Kaufman and see if we can get better. And it, it it's been it's been great. We're going into year three. Um, it's been a fist fight every single day. Uh, and and I love that part of it. I love that part of it. We were we were terrible uh, right out of the gate, and uh, I, I kind of have a different uh, stance than than you do. I think uh, in year one, I just want I like I blow it up. Like I don't know if that's right sure. or wrong. You're probably smarter smarter than me than me. But uh, I we just go in there and and and, and confront the brutal facts. Like I, all right, we don't show up to lift. All right, you guys don't lift hard. Okay, we don't practice hard. Like we're not going to win any games. In fact, we don't want to win a game until you show up and you you show up and lift and you show up and practice and you hold each other accountable and you do all the things that we expect you to do. I don't want to win a game because I don't feel like you deserve or we deserve to win that way. I don't want to reinforce negative behaviors uh, because you're super talented at football. And um, we ended up going three and seven or four and eight, I think, something like that. Uh, our first year and I was kind of mad about the fact that we won four like I, I, I we didn't deserve to win four like right. it, it was it was like it was kind of gross like you guys are you guys are being taught and and the wrong behaviors are being reinforced and like we should have went oh and whatever uh and I was okay with that and then year two um our kids kind of heard the message they, they obviously they didn't trust it because they couldn't see it right like they, sure. they couldn't like I, I don't trust that if we if we do show up every single day and if we do lift the way he wants us to lift if we do hold each other accountable or live right the way are we actually going to be better and you could feel it at the beginning of the year last year um they were still apprehensive about everything that we were asking them to do because it wasn't something they were used to doing and we started to win. We, they, we started to see progress. And next thing you know, like our practices got a little bit better. Like our, our indie period, the drills were a little bit more do, uh, done with a little bit more intention. Like it, it was just, it was, it was, you, you know, this, like it, it just started, you see belief and buy-in. And, uh, and once that happens, it, it's hard. It's really hard to like get off that train. Like it's really, cause it's moving. And sure. now, now year three, our practices, our summer practices are eight times the practices they were sure. when we first got there. The structure hasn't changed. The drills haven't changed. The coaches haven't changed. It's just the belief and buy-in from the guys. Uh, like, it's not what you do. It's how you do it. And our how is off the charts right now. So, it just it, you, you nailed it. You sure. nailed it. The, the mission is very clear on our end. We're, we're trying to maximize people. And winning helps that. Sure. Winning gives Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I think because I think it matters, you know, like the the program when you took over, you know, like what had been going like. And I don't mean like behavior wise, but I mean, like record wise, like what had been going on, you know, had they been winning? Had they been losing? What type of team was it? Guardian caps are lightweight, one size fits all football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20 to 33 percent of the impact, depending on the speed and the location. Great for the repetitive subconcussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges and about 2000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian Caps can help protect that helmet investment. They had been winning. They'd been winning a lot. And uh, 
at, at a at a decent rate. Like they hadn't really uh, achieved in the playoffs. At sure. Uh, they they won some games. They, they had some teams. Uh, the the coach before me did a really good job. It, it was just much different than the way I'm going to do it. Sure. Uh, I, I the first year was I was I was the stepdad. Like I, I moved into the house. Uh, the rules were different, and I had to I had to sit there and like, all right, this isn't the way we're going to live. This is this, this ain't the, this is how sure. we're going to discipline. Uh, and I I like sit there and we kept some guys on our staff that shouldn't have been on our staff. We kept some uh, behaviors in our program sure. that shouldn't be in our program. Uh, I had to just kind of like eat it and um, and then after year two after year one we lost. I said guys we're doing it my way. Like we're we're doing it my way. It's a hundred percent my way. Like I, if I'm gonna get fired here, sure. we're gonna suck here. I, we're doing it. We're doing it the way I want to do it. Uh, okay. And then then we'll go to the next place and figure out a better way to do it. But we're gonna do it this way first. And then the the record completely flipped uh, in year two, not because the record flipped, but because the behaviors uh, sure. flipped. Like sure. we we actually started. I remember I remember in December we had like 17 guys with perfect attendance. 17. Like out of out of a hundred, like wow. it's like, and then in May of that year, I think we had eighty, with wow. eighty perfect attendance. Sure. So like you could just see it, you could smell it, you could taste it. Like it just transitioned to our way. And I'm not saying our way is right, but if you're going to win, you're going to do it your own way. Sure. Like you're not, you can't, you're not going to copy somebody else's or figure out some other way. Like it's going to be the way you want it sure. done. So, well, um, I also think you, you know, I think that's a that's a situation that I've never walked into, you know, like my first head coaching job, they had went two and eight, my second head coaching job, they had went one and nine, my third head coaching job, they had went three and seven, you know, so like every time I walked in, you know, it it was almost as if you didn't have to earn the trust, you were given the trust, you know, and just don't mess it up, you know, because they were grasping for things better than what they had you know and when you go into a place that's had a little bit of success you know now they're comparing you to the guy that just left you know now they're everything you do is you know well he didn't do it that way and we you know like that's a tougher job like I don't I don't you know I don't want I really don't want that job like I want that job where they absolutely stunk so when you go in there they're like you know, like it worked out it was pretty so good. awesome, though. It was so awesome because they said, we, we don't need to lift the way you lift. It's, we haven't done this in the past. We don't need to practice this way. I, like, I wanted them to practice harder. We don't need to do this. We've won this way. And I said, guys, this is the way it's going to be. And I, I kept telling our staff, we're under fire right now. Everything that we're doing is being judged critically by kids and parents consistently. You got to be so goddamn good at your job that they can't say a word. Like you got to be so good. I remember I got accused. We got accused right off the jump. Like we were cussing and carrying on, calling kids names. I said, no, 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 no. We're asking them to run from drill to drill. That's what we're asking them to do. And sure. they don't want to do that right now. We're not calling them names. We're not cussing at them. We're and it, it, it was it was awesome, man. I I, I love that. I, I kind of want to do it again. <laughs> well, you know what? Again. You may get to. You know what I'm saying? Like that may be because you're young enough that you know you may not retire at Kaufman. You may get a chance to do it again, and it is fun. You know, like I was at, I I had went back to the high school I graduated from. Okay. Me and the mayor, great friends. I coached him in high school. Me and the superintendent were best friends. Like life was great. You know, I had no issues whatsoever. And I have a buddy that 
you know, um, applies for the job up here in Nixa. Well, while he's on his second interview with his wife, he starts calling me and saying, man, I think this is your job, not mine, you know, like, and just, you know, I'm like, man, I had no intentions whatsoever, you know, and then we, me and my wife came up here to visit just, just for the heck of it, you know, never been to Missouri in my life. And when I walked back in the field house, when we got home from the trip, you know, we had, you know, all of our players in there, all of our coaches. And like, I just stood there and I called my wife or texted her. I'm like, you know what? They really don't need me. Like we, they got this, you know what I'm saying? Like that new challenge of going somewhere where I knew absolutely nobody and to see if we could do it somewhere where we had no, I mean, I didn't know the mayor. I didn't know the nobody, you know, like that was fun, you know, like that was, you know, and I still want to do that again, you know, like that was really fun. Now we've not won a state championship yet, but hopefully it's coming soon. All right, let me ask you this. Culture is to me, the way I define culture is, you know, it's what a group believes, it's how they behave, and it is the experiences that they give off. If I come to uh, Kaufman and I spend, you know, two or three days just hanging around the program, you know, like what, it, when I leave, what am I going to say the culture of the program is? Extremely hard work, extremely hard work. We, we don't shy away from that. Uh, and a lot of people don't want to do that nowadays and we don't care. Um, extremely hard work. I want our guys leaving, knowing that they have the ability. Maybe they, they maybe they never will again. Maybe they never will, will want to again, but they have the ability to pour their heart and soul into something and go extremely hard at it. So when they have to do it again in, in their life, when life requires that, they know they can. They know they can. We're, we're a culture of toughness. We do, we do hard things. Like we do hard things and we don't shy away from hard things. We have hard conversations. Uh, we're, we're in hard situations. Uh, we, try to, we, we try to live in discomfort as much as possible uh, so that when the world requires it, when life requires it again later on in life, that they know they are capable of doing hard things. So. Um, we're, we're a high energy group. Like we're, we're the young bulls that want to run down the hill and just, and knock everything down. Sure. Uh, we're we're going to choose high energy over low energy every day of the week. Um, we try to be as efficient as possible. Um, you're going to see a ton of high fives. You're going to see a ton of, uh, you're going to see loud music playing everywhere. Um, we're, we're not, we're not, long like we're not the, at the at the facility forever we're not out sure. of practice forever we try to be super efficient um but but i i would say a culture of work and toughness like that, that's without question and i i do that with pride like i i don't know where any i don't know where people get high school kids get that anymore where where so many people compromise on their standards and on their work ethic and everybody's trying to be do less and everybody's trying to make it easier so they can keep kids out. Or, uh, I don't know where I, I don't know where high school kids get the experience of really, really, really hard work, really hard work and like uncomfortable situations all the time consistently in their life. And I don't, I don't know where I'd be without in my life. Sure. If I didn't, if I, if somebody in my life wasn't demanding me to work really, really hard and I didn't have to deal with discomfort in high school, I don't know where I'd be. So I, I worry about that for kids. Sure. I mean, I think we live in a, in a world today that 
you know, puts comfort at the forefront, you know, like how comfortable can we be? Like how easy can our life be? And, you know, that's not the way life's going to be because you're going to, you're going to get slapped upside the face with some adversity soon, you know, like life's coming and it's going to be tough. And I think that's one of the greatest things that football teaches kids is life. It teaches them how to get knocked down and get the crap back up, you know, like how to keep going, how to, you know, like we're going to try to do hard things because that's what life's going to be. You know, like I have a little bit like the feed the cats deal, you know, like I think they have some substance to what they're doing. I really do. But the flip side of that is like we do a we do a, a running deal in the summertime where we run a four quarter program. OK, so it's 14 sprints for the first quarter and that'll be the first two weeks. Then it's 14 sprints for the second quarter. So now we're up to 28. The last two weeks of the summer, we're running 56 sprints of varied distances with a 15 second break. And the thought is, you know, a football plays four to six seconds. You know, we're going to try to play fast, 15 seconds. Well, the feed the cat folks, I would assume, would tell me I'm stupid because you can't get faster running 56 sprints. And I don't care to get faster. Like, what I care to do is to put them jokers on the line, dead dog tired, and learn how to go and encourage a teammate in the process, you know, and think about something other than themselves because – I mean, we're going to be there, right? We're, it's going to, it's going to get tough on Friday night. Like, what are you going to do? You know, like if you ain't practiced that crap, you know, so like we go out there and I sprung the 56 on them a little bit early this year, just because I wanted to see, like we normally do it on Thursdays. And I said, we did it on Tuesday. And yeah, I could tell when they showed up, they were like, Ooh, I wasn't ready for that, but man, that's awesome. Like, I want, okay, let's go anyway. You know what I mean? Like let's choose hard. Let's choose tough. Let's choose to be different because you know, there are too many folks in this world that are 100% going to take the easy road. All right, let me ask you here's, here's why, Coach. Here's why. We had a kid, a junior, last year, right at this time, uh, had started having headaches and was going through practice, felt a little off, uh, went, went to the doctor. They said, oh, we need an emergency MRI right now, uh, a tumor in his brain, the, out of the blue, perfectly normal, living a healthy life, tumor in his brain. Just yesterday, just yesterday, so so he beats it. He beats it. He does all this radiation, chemotherapy, uh, surgery, beats beats the cancer, rings the bell three months ago. Two wow. days ago, he two days ago, he got his three-month scan back. Uh, it was clean. Yesterday, his dad and his eighth-grade brother are out riding for Pelotonia uh, to raise money for cancer. Dad collapses, passes uh, passes out, dies of a heart attack. So, so here's – we can make it easy all we want. We can, we can try to win games all we want. Um, you can try to keep your best player out and, and compromise the values that you're, but, but your ass better be preparing people for the what if, I mean, this kid, this kid got his junior year gone, yeah. erased. He's walking with a cane. He's, he's uncoordinated. Now he's having to battle uh, all kinds of mental stuff because it's not, it's, he's not himself, but he is alive. And then, he gets his three month scan back and it's like, you're clear, dude, like life's good. They're planning to go to Outer Banks today uh, and boom, dad passes away. So so do, the, life's going to require you to be able to handle hard. And I don't like you're, you're going to struggle. We're all going to feel that. Where are you getting the reps of hard from? No and, and if, if you're coaching and you can teach somebody and you can handle it like, hey, hey like 
you'll be fine. So what now? What? Like, this is what we, this is what we do. Like we don't flinch. Like, yes, it's going to be hard. Yes. You're going to cry. Yes. You're going to feel like crap. Yes. These next few days are going to be extremely hard. The next year may be extremely hard, but you can handle it. You, we, we, you know that, like, you know that I, I just don't know where um, other people are preparing themselves for situations like that. You, you ain't learning it. I don't think anywhere else, you know, and that's, that is life. And that's what we're here for. You know, like when, when, when my life changed was when, you know, it was not about me and it was about them. And it was about what we're teaching them for life because, you know, I share the stories like that with our kids and I tell them, you know, if you can't overcome adversity, if you can't be tough and you can't be hard and you can't choose to be that way, you know, when people go through things like that without being tough, without being hard, they turn to alcohol, they turn to drugs, they turn to things that snowball and make life worse. But if you can choose tough, you know, you can overcome anything because it's coming, you know, like, you know, you hate that for people at different times, but the fact of the matter is it's coming to you and it's coming to me and it's coming to everybody and how you handle it. This great game of football still teaches that, you know, if you choose to teach that. All right, let me ask you this. And, you know, everybody's different, you know, like, but I get, okay, like I got the culture of your program. Like it's hard, it's tough. I get that. What do you do? Is there anything you do, you know, to teach that outside of the football field? You know, like, is there anything intentional as far as, you know, lessons or core values or vision or, you know, I mean, I understand football like but is there anything you do to teach that outside of the actual you know diameter of the football field yeah so in 2016 we had graduated a ton of kids from a really good football team we won in 14 we got beat by the state champs in the regional final in a war uh, in 15 and we graduated everybody we thought we were going to suck so uh we went to the what drives winning clinic with brett ledbetter and, and oh. becky burley and those people absolutely crush it and um I said, from that point on, I, I knew what we were about, but I never fully committed to it. And I said, okay, we're going to suck. Let's teach these guys every single day how to handle adversity. Let's teach them some value system. Let's give them lessons. And we have a team from that point on 2016 on we've had, we have had a team meeting every single day and it's, it's, it's a lesson every single day yep. uh, in a classroom or in our locker room or in a, we had a large group meeting room. Uh, we're going to meet every single day. And, and we're going to teach something. We're going to teach something about life. And so at least if we do suck or if we can't, you know, get a guard kick out on counter or we can't fit the A gap real well or, you know, whatever, no one cares about that. They'll at least have some skills that they move on with that are useful. No and doubt. in 2016, when we committed that, we taught – we're going to teach them how to handle adversity. We're going to teach – we ended up playing in a state championship game. And that was our state runner-up team, and we were oh. we were putrid. We were two and four – uh, at six games in awful, we were a bad football team and we had the number one ranked team in the state coming to our place and we upset them and we didn't lose a game until the state championship game, uh, wow. since then. And, and I, I wholeheartedly believe because they were aware of how to handle adversity. Like they, they, they were, it was, that's all it was. That's all it was how to be a great teammate. And, uh, so we have, we have a curriculum now that we just go through and, uh, we're committed to it. We're committed to we'll have team meetings longer than we'll practice sometimes. Sure. We'll, we'll come late out to practice because we we were crying in the meeting room or kids were sharing vulnerable stuff in the meeting room or 
we were watching a, a video that that related to what we were, you know, what what we needed that day. Sure. Um, fully committed to that. Fully committed oh. to that. That that is like the classroom of life for us. Um, we call it character development, but um, it, it, it's it's more meaningful. It's more meaningful than how you run uh, inside zone towards towards the three technique. I, I, no that, 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 stuff, that stuff ends, man. That, that's that's cool. Sure. That's fun. You need to be good at that stuff. I get it. Like you got to be competent. You got to do solid stuff. But th- those guys, ninety five percent of our guys are done getting in three point stances. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Fifteen years. So you feel like you're giving them more than what uh, most high school football players get. Sure. I love it, man. I think that is absolutely awesome, you know, and we do the same thing, but I do believe that you are in the, you are in the minority still. Like, I don't believe enough people do that. I believe, you know, we still live in a world where, you know, football's football. And, you know, I think intentionally teaching kids the behavior skills that it takes to be successful in life will in turn make you better in football too. And, you know, we start every day now with a, what we call a micro lesson. You know, we have roll call. We're on the football field. We do a micro lesson. And, you know, I've got a list of like 365 things that, you know, like we should teach a kid, you know, like yesterday's lesson, honest to God, was how to mold a mouthpiece. Because when we asked our kids, how many of these mouthpieces molded? I'm not lying. We had 150 kids out there. And I think five hands went up, you know, now one of the assistant coaches brought it to me and I'm like, you know what? I have not talked about molding a mouthpiece ever, you know, like I did it as a player. Right. I mean, like life was a little better, but you know, like, but that, but anything like how to listen, how to, you know, like, what does it mean to be coached hard? You know, what does it mean to keep a locker, you know, and then we do intentionally one thing we've added here of late and y'all may do the same is, you know, we, I have jumped into the mental performance world. So we do a mental performance lesson every Tuesday, like, you know, this past week was focused. Um, you know, we just go through and try to teach them the things because I also believe this. Lots there are some folks now that are intentionally teaching core values or you know behavior skills, but I'm gonna say the the number of folks that are intentionally teaching mental performance is slim to none because I've got several buddies that are college coaches, and I know I can name you a list of them right now that ain't touching it. You know, and I find that a shame. You know, like, I think that's, you know, an absolute uh, shame that they are not uh, teaching it. So you know, the selfish piece of this whole thing, coach, is like, I get all of it. Like I get, I like, I'm getting reps and, and like, it's, 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 it's so cool. Like the selfish piece of this, like my, my character has gotten better because I teach it. No, like, I, I, I thought leadership at Minster, my ability to lead has gotten better because I was teaching it every single no day. Like, and the our assistant coaches are doing the same. Like it, it's it's like it's like uh, actual real me. I, high school football doesn't mean a whole lot, man. Like sure. on, on, on your deathbed, we zoom out. Like there, there's a whole lot of people that don't know or care what you're doing, and sure. that's okay. That's that's our world. But you can't challenge character stuff, man. You can't challenge you can't challenge mental performance stuff because that, that's going to affect your character too. Like, sure. I, I just think it get it, it's so meaningful. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, and that's. Um, that's awesome. Let me ask you this. And I, 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 I we don't have time to go through this. I, I really want to, but I'm not, I, I don't think I am, you know, like when you got into the it's 
okay, with uh, Ryan Hawk, the it's, the owners, the livets, the creators, the see it's, the like that to me was absolutely awesome. You know, if you could briefly, so I am, what does own it mean? Own it. Like, so as the leader, as the person in charge, you have to own this. Is this was a process that I had to grow through. I have to own the responsibility that my job is to maximize people. That's it. Now, it's not their job to give me great effort. It's not their job to show up with a great attitude. It's not their job to show up. I have to. I have to give them the platform. I have to get that out of them. Like I. I used to be the guy that was like, why, why don't these guys play hard? Or why don't our assistant coaches give us more effort? Or why, why don't they show up prepared? That's not their job. My job is to get them to do that. So whatever that, like, I think that's a, a flip of res, like responsibility is like actually having the buck stop here, right? Like ha, owning it is a growth piece that I think all leaders need to have. It's not the, Yes, it is. Yes, it is their job to do that, but they're not going to do that on their own. You have sure. to get that out of them and stop, stop blaming them for not stop uh, going home to your wife and complaining about them. Not, I used to be that guy. Like yep. your assistant coaches aren't going to spend the same amount of time that you are. You have to own the responsibility to get them to do that. Like sure. get them to do that. Stop expecting them to do that on their own. You have to get it out of them. Like, that, that's just changed my ability to lead. No doubt about it. Life changing for me was sitting in a, a big clinic in Orlando, Florida years ago. Brian Kite takes the stage. And at some point in time, he makes the statement that if you went four and eight, you're a four and eight coach, period, period. Like you are the leader of the program and that's what you are. And I was offended because the year before we played for our first state championship, we went four and eight, like honest to God. And he just spit out that same number. And I was sitting there thinking, and I ain't no four and eight coach. And, that, and it really like I wanted to throw the chair at him. But because I was that guy that would come up with an excuse, I would come up with all these. No, no. I mean, at the end of the day, he was right. You know, we were four and eight because I'm a four and eight coach. You know, like if you want to improve your record, improve yourself, you know, improve your leadership and life changing. Um, live it. Yeah, you got to model the way you got to model the way I I I, I am uh, hyper aware of us saying things and not being them uh hyper aware don't just don't say it like sure. i i love the guys that be like yeah i'll be there coach or yeah i'll show up coach and then you don't show up or hey or a buddy that's like hey i'll be there and then they don't show up just don't just say i won't sure. be there like, no if, doubt if you're going to say something you you better live it if you're going if you're going to preach something you better live it I, I i don't like uh the coaches that get up and, and yell at high school kids uh, about being this way and doing it this way. And, and then you look at their life and they're like, right. wait a minute, you're a mess. Like you're <laughs> a mess. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't ever talk about, like, I don't ever talk about um, faith in our program. I'm not a faith. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a faith guy. So sure. I don't ever talk about it. Like I, I only talk about hard work, toughness, and, and loyalty, unselfishness and doing the right thing. That's all we ever talk about. And because I'm, I'm hyper aware of, as the leader, if I'm going to get this out of our guys, then I better live this stuff. And I said it on Ryan's podcast, the best way I've ever heard it put. And, and I got yelled at by some, some, some of my buddies, like it wasn't the Kansas state basketball coach. It was some like older guy a long time ago that said it, you better preach the gospel every single day. 
and sometimes use words. And that to me is like, do, do you walk it, man? No doubt. Do you walk? Anybody can talk it, but the, the, can you actually walk it? Can you, can you, you know, preach the gospel sure. every single day and not, and not have to use words? Sure. All right. Then you create it. Yeah. Environment matters. I, I, I say this, you take this, you take two seeds, genetically the same seeds. You put one in a, a awesome environment with sunlight, water, fertile soil. Uh, and then you put one, you throw it underneath my deck. Like the, the same genetic sure. makeup of the seeds, the same seeds put in two different environments, man, don't grow the same. They don't grow the same. They, 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 they don't, they won't be the same height. They won't have the same, just it, it, it matters. Uh, so can you create an environment where growth is, is the place like our environment is loud. It's, it's feedback. It's relationship based. Like you bet you better have real authentic relationships with your people in order for them, in order for you to get the most out of them. Sure. Um, and environment matters. So no doubt we, about we, it. We, try, we tend to the environment every single day. Is it environment of growth? Is it, is it high energy? Is it a place where you can be vulnerable and be your whole self? Is it a place where uh, you can you're going to get hard? So like um, environment, you, you own it, you live it, and you create it. Those are my those are the top three things that you need to do every single day. No uh, like, a, like a foundational piece. No doubt. The next two, see it and say it. So so the next three go together. See it, say it, and change it. Right. See it, say it, and change it. So so I, as a coach, I just saw this the other day at practice. Uh, one, one of our coaches doesn't see it very well. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't see it very well. He, he'll, he'll say good job to us, to a same rep that I'll say, that's terrible. Sure. Like that's not, that's not, you got to see it better. You got to see the drill being better. So whether it's competence, whether it's awareness, whether it's focus, you have to be able to see it better than what it is. You have to be able to see it better than what it is. And you have to be able to see it as it is. So once you've seen it and you, you see it better than it is, you have to be able to say that you have to be, you have to have the courage to say it. There's plenty of guys that see it and don't say it. There's sure. some guys that can't see it. And so they can't say it. The, 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 the elite ones, the, the really good coaches that I've been around are really good leaders that I've been around. They see it better than it is. They, like mm-hmm. they're, 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 they're never like, like I think of Gino Oriema, that yep. guy never sees it done like to standard. He always sees sure. like, he always sees it. It's gotta be better. This has to be better. Uh, and then he says it, right? He says it every single time. And that takes courage. It takes effort. It takes energy. Uh, the, it takes putting yourself out there on a, on, a, on a limb a little bit, being vulnerable and saying it. And I don't, I don't care how you say it. We try to say it with a question. Like, what'd you get? Was that good enough? Sure. Was that your best? Like, we, we, try to, we try to say it with a question versus rather, that's not good enough. Or um, that's a terrible rep. Sometimes we do that too. But say it with a question like, Hey, was that your best sure. coach me through that drill? Was that, was that how it's supposed to be done? Uh, and then the effective ones, the really, really, really good ones, they use 800 million methods, but they actually get it changed. So can you see it, say it, change it a million times a day. And I think that's what coaching and leading is seeing it, saying it, changing it over and over and over again for as many reps as, as possible until you actually get the, the behavior or the outcome that you want. Sure. You know, one of the I, I had the f- uh, great fortune to coach for two of the greatest coaches in the history of Mississippi football, both of them in the Hall of Fame, both of them 350 game winners. And people would often ask, what's special? Like, what's the deal? And see it like they saw it like they 
you know, that left tackle that was 170 pounds, they saw him as a six foot four, 275 pound kid. Then he started seeing himself as that. And it was crazy. Like there, there was their thought process was they were honest to God. They saw themselves winning every single game. I mean, they just did. They, the, the fact of losing, they were almost, you know, like one of them started his career off like 76 and four. Okay. So like he honest to God believed that he was going to win every game and almost did, you know? So I don't know, like seeing it is huge, you know, like that having a vision and believing what you see, you know, is absolutely the, huge. Think about the leaders that have changed our world. They, they, they've seen the world better than it is. Like yep. I think Martin Luther King, like he saw a world where sure. everybody interacted the same and everybody functioned in society the same. He had, he had never seen that before. But in his mind, he saw it. And I, I just think the best leaders all over the world, especially in football, see, see it better than it is. All right, let me ask you this. Honor it, punish it, repeat it, and evaluate it. That's the last four. You know, like, I, I honestly get to evaluate, right? I mean, everything we do, we should be evaluating ourselves, you know, at the end of the day for everything. Honor it, punish it, um, repeat it. So you, you've you've – you've owned it you lived it you created it you see it say it change it and you've got you've got a choice now are you going to honor it or are you going to punish it you need to do you need to do one or the other you need to do one or the other you can't let it go because it doesn't get reinforced right do you want to reinforce the positive thing that took place or do you want to like actually try to hinder that that sure. behavior from happening again with by punishing it so we honor the crap out of everything. And when I say honor it, that could, that could mean, yes, like that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Sure. I loved your left foot right there. Like you, you honor that or, or you actually give them something or you call, you stop practice and you say something in front of the whole team. You, you make, you make mention or um, some type of positive light out sure. of it. When I say punish it, that doesn't mean like a physical punishment all the time. Like some type of confrontation sure. is involved. Some type of friction is created to say that's not, hey, we don't do that here in our program. We don't do that here. That's not how we do things. Or, hey, give me two push-ups. Or, hey, take off. So, go run. I'm, we're not watching that crap anymore. Uh, that's not how we behave here. Some type of discomfort, friction that says that's not what we're going to do here in sure. our program. That's not the right way to do it. And then I, I think the best of the best repeat all of that consistently. I, I, I don't think there's, I, I think I've, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen the whole world. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of it, but I'm, I'm 38 years old. And I think I've, 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 I've come to grips with this. There's nothing super exceptional out there. Like there's not like this new ingenuity killer NASA like space in doing this. It's, can you do these simple things over and over and over and over again. I think if you go watch the elite cultures of the world, you go, wow, that's it. That's it. You, like sure. people think there's like this secretive sauce out there. It's not the secret. The secret sauce is can you own it, live it, create it, see it, say it, change it, honor it, punish it over and 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 over again. Like, can you sure. repeat that consistently sure. over time? And next thing you know, boom, like that's it. And then you go, wow, that's all, that's all it was. 
well, yeah, it's real. It's not complex. It's just really freaking hard to do. Yes. Like humans don't, we, we don't want to naturally do that every single day. Like, give me a day off, man. I, I'm going to let my guard down. Give me a period off. Give me a practice off. Like, give yeah. me, a, give me a rep off. I, I need to, I need to take a breath and lose my focus here. Like, that's just what we do. But can you do that every single rep of every single day for however many years it takes? And then next thing you know, you get really good at something. Yeah. We, we are definitely in a comfort crisis, you know, in, in America, you know, okay. How do you, you know, specifically you, how do you evaluate all of that? You know, like, what's that process look like? Brutally, brutally. And, and everybody is um, up for evaluation, me included. And we, we have no egos in the room, uh, no egos in our program. Like it, it's, can, can we get better today? Like, how, okay, make us better. See it. What, 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 say it and then get it changed. It goes through the same process with us, like evaluating all of it. Am, am I, am I the right type of leader? Am I giving the kids what they need instead of what they want? Am I uh, doing it with the right type of energy? Did I say that the right way? Uh, should I have asked a question of this? Should I stand here in this drill? Should I, should this drill be moved over here so we can get less uh, transition time? Like just everything, everything. And no one knows if we're doing it right. Like, you don't know if you're doing it right. I don't know if we're doing it right. Sure. We, we're, we're doing it with our best ability, the, the best stuff. So can you be critical in saying, yeah, that's the way we want to do it. We think that's right. We don't know if it's right. We think it's right. We feel like it's right. Um, yep. We want to change that. We want to do this a little bit differently. We think this will help. Uh, and then hopefully you evaluate it enough to get the right iteration. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I absolutely love the it's, you know, like the, the own it, the live it, the like, I think, you know, that is awesome. Like, how did you come up with that? I'm just curious. Ryan asked me to speak. Ryan asked me to speak at his leadership growth summit. And I said, yeah, I'm going to talk about maximizing people. That's what I talk about. Like, I don't, I don't, I ain't talking sure. about accounting. I have no idea about sure. that. I'm going to talk about maximizing people. And I, I said, I went through it with our staff. It's kind of the same thing we do with anything. I went through it and I go, Hey, like, how, how do we, how do we do what we do? Like, let's, let's simplify, let's, let's go through what do, what do we do and how do we do it? Okay. Here's what I do. I own it. That, that's been a big change in my life. I own it. Sure. Okay. Here, here's what I do. I live it. That, that We try to create it every single day. And then af, after we've done those three, then we, then we over and over again at every weightlifting, at every practice, at every class period, we see it, say it and change it. That's what we do. And then we honor and punish it. And we, we try to repeat it over and over sure. again. At the end of the day, after everything that we do, we evaluate it. So I didn't really like, again, it's not ingenuity. Sure. It's what, what we're doing. And I just, I, I tried to, I'm a simple dude. I ain't try to outsmart anybody. <laughs> uh, um, I don't, I don't ever want to be accused of a guy that's trying to outsmart people. I want to, sure. I want to be a guy that's accused of outworking people and being a tough guy and being super loyal and unselfish when I need to be and doing the right thing. So I put that into a speech. Next thing you know, I went up there and they let me talk and I went off. And uh, now all of a sudden I'm on, I've been on, <laughs> I've been people ask me about it all the time. Sure. Uh, sure. Well, it's, really good. it's really good. And, and, you know, and I think just having, you know, just the, the little system of how it is, is really good stuff. Um, and I believe this, I believe that people that do this right could go in and run anything, you know, like I believe, um, Nick Saban could go in and run any business in the world probably because he knows how to run a program and 
you know, I think the content of what you're, you know, right now we're using football, right? But it could be anything else. I mean, honestly, because you would do the same thing. If you went into another field, you'd spend the first couple of years, man, chasing down how to, but you'd already have, you know, the, the how to do it. You would have to get the content, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I think the confidence that, level in the, yeah, in the, re- no in the area. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we come into a close. I, I got three questions and these will be pr- pretty uh, quick. Number one, give me a couple of books that have made a difference in your life. The Slight Edge. Mm, very good. Um, good to Great has been a has been a huge one for me. I always go back to that. Yep. Um, there's so many. Um, well, those are two good ones. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would start there. And you don't yeah. you don't know this and don't care, but about 13 years ago, I heard a guy speak at a clinic and he mentioned the book Good to Great. I read that book Good to Great, and I set an intention that I was gonna wake up every single day at five o'clock and read. So I have done that for about 13 years for a minimum of 30 minutes, which has led to a ton of books. But you know, from that ton of books comes a ton of content that we teach our kids. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I absolutely yeah. love it and I love trying to get better every day. Um, What do you want? You know, they say sometimes in leadership or whatever, more is caught rather than taught. What do you want your family, your kids, your people that know you the best? What do you want them to catch from you? Yeah, a a work ethic, a level of toughness that can't be affected by adversity, uh, some extreme loyalty and uh, a willingness to be unselfish uh, consistently. And um, the ability to go do the right thing, even when it's hard. Wow. You know what? After spending an hour, I was, I could have probably, um, told you that because that's what I would have caught from you in an hour, which is awesome. All right. The last one, this is the easiest one. What makes you happy? Um, honestly, my, my daughter, my, I have two daughters. <laughs> I, I'm not a baby person. I, I struggle with the baby st- stage. <laughs> so I, I'm not there yet with my other daughter. Uh, sure. But my daughter, um, watching our behaviors and modeling them, that, that, that uh, catching them, that, that, that makes me, that, that I honestly could retire for resign from coaching tomorrow. Like I, I it, as long as my daughter, um, sees the behaviors uh that she needs uh that that sure as hell makes me happy that's awesome you know and and it gets better to be honest with you because i found the parenting thing to be hard you know like i think if you do everything in this world you can do to be the greatest coach you can be you know sometimes they get neglected you know and i'm not ashamed to say that there were times where i neglected them you know and I, you know, I, I regret that, but fast forward it to, we have our first grandkid now and we just woke up this morning. She slept with us and she wakes up with that big old smile, man. Like you want to talk about happy, you know, those grandkids change your life because when they get cranky, you can send them home with their parents. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have to go through the bad, but well, uh, Gary, man, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know that everybody that listens to this, um, thoroughly enjoyed it. It probably did not do anything to 
cut down on your phone calls. You'll probably get some more, but I know we're recording this just before football season starts. And I knew once football season started, it was over for you and for me. So, man, I'm super appreciative of you taking the time to do this. And, you know, if there's anything that I can ever do for you, please don't hesitate. You know, I appreciate you being with us. I appreciate it, man. This has been great. And for those of you listening, man, share this, you know, send it to a friend, send it to a coach, you know, and I think there's lots to learn from this and I'm super excited until next time. Adios amigos.